All right. Welcome back to the Fog Dog and Bassin podcast. A lot's happened in this last week. I've had my second race of the year. Fog, you had your first race of the year opening up and a lot of stuff's happening across the country. And I feel like just this last episode, we talked about how all oh, like nobody's really running that fast yet. Well, yeah, that that kind of all changed overnight. I feel like, man, I, I took one weekend off and everyone just went absolutely crazy and a lot of moments of panic. But now it's time as an athlete where you really got to just focus in and focus on yourself and just know know how you're doing. But let's first let's just go back to let's go back to my 800. I'll talk about it for yeah. a little bit. 148, obviously, which was pretty, pretty solid, like a pretty solid effort. I'm pretty sure the last time we were on the podcast, so like a week and a half ago, I just said, hey, like if it's in the 148, it's a solid day. Like in the 147 is a great day. 149, not a great day. And it was it was 148 high, like 148.9 something. So yeah, yeah, I dipped under 149 to to keep it on my expectations. But man, it was that was the hardest I've ever had to work for uh, an average 800 time, I guess. Like, man, that was rough. Like, yeah, I think, yeah, you say average 800 time, but I think 148 high is pretty good when the 800 isn't your main event. Like it's it probably wouldn't end up qualifying for indoor nationals. I, I don't know what it'll end up taking, but like, I think it's a pretty solid outing for, you know, the mile being your main event. Um, yeah, it was funny. We had a workout and Corey, my coach was saying, Oh, Bastion had a pretty solid run. He must be pretty happy with that. And I said, yeah, I think he's, I think he's all right with it. But Corey was kind of shocked that you weren't like over the moon with 148 high, um, which kind of goes to show that, you know, you're in a good spot, not being not being super happy with running sub 149 as a miler um, when you never even run the 800. Like that's your second 800 in a long, long time. So, yeah, yeah, I'd say it's a pretty solid, um, pretty solid one. Flat track as well at Iowa State. A generous yeah, flat track. But... It, was, it was it was a solid day, to be honest. But man, like um, I kind of just like, they really took me to school like those guys in the 800 like i was before into my head i was like yeah like that first 800 was just like a fluke bad day like i'm gonna come in here and like i'm gonna run 148 like oh and i'm gonna destroy all these iowa state guys and like <laughs> yeah <laughs> easy it did not happen yeah yeah i i went out pretty solid in my head before and like the goal just going into it was hey i'm just gonna commit like i'm gonna go out hard like i'm not gonna run a 57 first 400 like we're gonna like run it the way 100 runners run it and so i went out in 51 high (laughs) i was absolutely moving was that feeling like pretty tough or did you feel all right it felt pretty it felt pretty all right like through 300 meters like 300 meters it was all right and then like right when so we Iowa State's a 300 flat track, so first lap was a 200 and then 500. And right when I crossed that 500 mark, I was like, I honestly don't know how I'm going to finish this race. Like, yeah. I, I was completely locked up. And um, Peter Smith, Iowa State's number two or three 800 runner, just jogged by me. And I was like, oh, no, this is, <laughs> is going to be a blow-up day. But I think that's the one thing that like I've really improved upon in the last year is like when it is a bad day, I'm not blowing up. Like Mm -hmm. I'm able to like hold it, I guess. 
yeah. even though like my legs still feel the same and I feel like I'm completely dying. Like those fall parts, like in races just don't happen. Like mm-hmm. in the U S final last year, I fell apart. Like in the national final, I fell apart. Like I'm just not falling apart as much, even when I'm feeling like I'm falling apart, which is obviously a great sign of hopefully an improved strength for me, but, but Definitely. yeah. I mean, you still, your last 300 was 42 something. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so still pretty solid. I mean, to be running like, I don't know, low fifty six sort of pace for for the last three hundred. Um, after going out pretty hard, I think. Yeah, I think that's pretty solid. So, um, is that your eight hundred career? Well, for the year done then, or will you? Will um, you- I think for sure for indoor. Yeah, I'll probably do it again during outdoor because I think we have a separate school record for the outdoor one too. And I know I'm not going to get your three k record. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> um so i want i want to leave with as many records as possible so i'm hoping to just yeah. get the miles and the 800 ones <laughs> yeah i think my outdoor 1500 is quaking in its boots right now i still what have it, I? i'm still hanging yeah on. you do 338.5 from that i asked jay days. if my run from usa's counts but oh, yeah. it doesn't and it's it's slower than yours it's by like point one or something oh yeah yeah um 338.15 so i think i'll be surprised if that makes it through the season um that's for sure but that was from that night at brian clay in california what a trip (laughs) what about how much faster you could have run that day yeah leaving the hotel thinking we had plenty of time and yeah it crept up ridiculous that's for sure that was that 800 that was two weeks ago and then this last weekend i took off and you opened your season in the 3k boston university the most loaded field i've probably ever seen outside like a world championship race first of all tell us about what it was like racing all those guys tell us about what it was like i mean losing by 16 seconds but running an incredible time in the process like just tell us about everything yeah yeah so um I'd never been to Boston before. I'd never raced on the on the track. It's a pretty well-known track for being pretty fast. Like everyone seems to run really fast there. Um, and it was funny because in our final kind of hard workout before um before I went to Boston, we did it was meant to be five sets, but I got through four sets of eight hundred short break. 400 and I was struggling to run like 210 at the end for the 800s it was it was a really windy day which definitely played a part but like I was thinking man if I can't run a 210 800 and they're about to go through the mile the plan was like 404 405 like I I could just get completely embarrassed here um but you know over over the last couple of weeks we've been doing a bit more race pace stuff and I knew that in a race environment and I was hoping that Boston would would give me a helping hand as well um i was pretty sure that i would be in you know reasonable 3k shape when we last talked on here i was saying that i really wanted to run the 744-00 european indoor qualifier and when i was saying that i was kind of thinking like that's probably out of my reach like my pb was 751 um and 744 sounded like a very big stretch um anyway yeah cutting cutting to the race basically um it was completely loaded so i don't want to miss anyone but the on boys are in there so yara nagus mario garcia romo 
Um, Sam Atkin from England, who had a really, really good run. Um, Drew Bosley, Yassine Abdullah, um, a few really strong NCAA runners. Um, I'm forgetting quite a few people, but stacked field. Olin Hacker as well. Um, so it was it was a really strong field, and I knew going into it, I was going to have, you know, I was going to have my work cut out to be in the top ten. To be honest, I knew it was going to be a really really tough race, um, especially when I heard the pacing plan. Um, oh, Hobbs Kessler was in there as well. The the young Adidas uh, runner. He's kind of burst onto the scene over the last couple of years. Um, so anyway, yeah, on the star line, they were saying, all right, 403 is the plan through 1600. They said 403, and I was thinking, Jeez. this is going to be a grind from from lap one. I was thinking, I haven't run a mile that fast for ages. So, um, yeah, anyway, we, we got going. I kind of settled in pretty close to the back. I think I was in second last early on, um, and it kind of broke apart pretty quickly. I got stuck. I was purposely running towards the back, but then a couple of gaps opened up in front that I couldn't really do anything about. Um, I ended up being 405 high through 1600, um, which it felt, honestly, it felt pretty good, but I felt like I was running quite hard. Um, And then over the next kind of, hey, I guess it got really, really tough. Um, and the gaps had kind of opened up. I, I was feeling good enough to go around and I had to kind of bridge the gap and lead my sort of pack that had kind of fallen off. Um, and yeah, long story short, um, or long story long, I've rambled on a bit, but, um, ended up crossing the line 744.14. So, um, I missed the European indoor qualifier by 0.14. Honestly, when I crossed the line, I thought I'd done it. Um, but I hadn't, uh, so yeah, um, it was, it was really good though. Like I, a couple of months ago, if I knew that I was going to run 744 for my first race of 2023, I would be pretty happy. Um, but as runners, I think we always want that little bit more. Um, and as soon as you run a time, it kind of doesn't sound quite so fast. Um, so hopefully there'll be another opportunity i mean there will be assuming everything goes to plan uh in about a week and a half i'll be going again honestly though i feel like a lot of that like a lot a lot of that stuff in your head like oh it doesn't seem as fast right after you do it is just because of what some of the other guys in that race did like yeah. 728 is absolutely unheard of like i've, I've never in all the years i've followed indoor track at least like the last like three, four years, I've never seen someone run 728 indoors no. as their first meet of the year. Like, does anyone do that? No, I don't think so, to be honest. I know that, you know, a few a few guys on the circuit were running close to that or even a little bit quicker outdoor. But like in, you know, diamond leagues where they're outdoor, they've got great pacing all the way. Um, yeah. 728 to open the season is pretty impressive. And he was he was 401 through the 1600, I think, and then he kind of took it on. I I think he was 331 or 330 through 
1400 which means his last mile his last 1600 was well under four minutes probably 357 358 i'm trying to like i think of everything in miler terms because i'm a miler obviously so i i try to think of like what that conversion is like it's got to be like 340 what 347 348 as in like 728 conversion for a mile yeah like an equivalent mile like i mean yeah yeah probably in that range i mean it's it's, it's three four for two fifteen hundreds back to back. So yeah. it, it's four minute miling. So if you take one of them, I, I don't know what the exact conversion would be, but American record, um the American record is three forty nine indoor in the mile. So three forty eight, three forty nine, three forty seven, something in that range. Just ridiculous. Wild. Ridiculous. It was pretty cool I to mean, watch from from you know a hundred meters back a little bit more pretty cool to be in it honestly because yeah. even last place in your race ran a phenomenal time like you guys were all just so fast yeah like yeah you guys were i mean your 3k would be i think number three in the ncaa right now or number four i checked yeah, on, up on there. It, first. uh it might be down to number five or even number six everyone's running so fast it maybe yeah. maybe it'd be top four or five um yeah but yeah I mean, it, it, Either way, like, and you got what, like seventh in that race, sixth in that race, eighth. Eighth. eighth in that race. Yeah. So yeah, you you got beat by seven guys when you ran a top five time in the country this year. Like, yeah, it's crazy. It's just absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Like, no, so, that that was the most loaded field I've ever seen. Yeah. In a non-championship race. It was weird as well because um, obviously Yard Nagus ran seven twenty eight, but I crossed the line, and as it is in racing, you kind of. You're giving it your all. So you cross the line and you're pretty tired. I had no idea what he'd run. I, I thought, I mean, I knew he'd run quick because I was way back and yeah. you know, he won. <laughs> so I knew that he had to have run something pretty fast. But when I heard 728, I was shocked. Honestly, I thought it would have been like 735 or something, like quick, really quick, but not 728. That's that's just like another level. Um, yeah. And yeah that he wasn't the only one so um sam atkin came second he ran 731 he's he's english that was a british national record um i think that takes off mo farrell who's a four-time olympic gold medalist so um then mario ran 734 i don't think that's a spanish national record i at least i didn't hear that it was um but then yeah. Drew Bosley, NAU, seven thirty six NCAA record. So yeah. yeah, it was it was the meat for um taking down PBs and records and American records and yeah, yeah. It, was, it was cool to be a part of. That's for sure. I mean, I thought I thought going into it that there was no way Mario would lose because he just finished fourth in the World Championships, and I was like, nobody's gonna beat Mario. Like, there's no yeah. chance. Yeah, and like he ran seven thirty four and lost by six seconds Second. like yeah yeah I, I looked at right that's wild if you I looked at the results run, if you knew he was going to run 734 before the race would you say yeah he's won it yeah there's no way i, th- I thought he'd <laughs> lose yeah 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 unreal wow. yeah and then so that all happened at boston one day and then the very next day the washington meet goes on 
And I'm sitting here like, oh, like the NCAA times still aren't crazy, right? Like, oh, it's looking good for a miler this year. Maybe 357 will get in. And then like nine of them, no, nah, that's an exaggeration. Six of them break 356. Six broke 356. Wow. Yep. I think I, seven did actually, but one of them was Sam Ellis, who doesn't oh, have God. indoor eligibility. But yeah, so I think six of them broke 356, led by Joe Wascom and 351.9. Yeah. And then Nathan Green, 352, or Brian Fay, then Nathan Green. Then, I mean, they have, they all look the same. They're all insanely good, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, wild. Yeah. Just, wild. Crazy. It's yeah. I mean, you don't want to like underestimate how impressive breaking four is, but like with how many people do it nowadays, it's kind of like it just doesn't mean that much anymore. I, obviously, it still does. It still is a massive achievement, and it's still really impressive. But like, there's going to be a hundred guys who run under four minutes in the NCAA this year. Like, yeah, it's just a whole new level, and it's it's wild because like. 355 three four five years ago sounded ridiculous and obviously that partly is because three four five years ago i was nowhere near you know 355 seemed out of reach for me personally but i feel like for the whole running world 355 five years ago sounded quick you know no matter who you are pretty much yeah um whereas now you look at 355 and you kind of think like it's it's quick, it's solid, but it's not gonna it's not gonna do that much for you, which is yeah. just wild. Um I mean Luke Hauser ran 355 high in that race and he looked like an afterthought. Like he wasn't even in it. Yeah. Like he got completely destroyed by his by five or six of his teammates. <laughs> I mean of them. Honestly, looking going into this season, I honestly thought in my mind, I'm like, all right, there's like every year, you you know, in the back of your head, all right, there's like four or five guys that I think could like win this title in, in the mile. Right. Yeah. And whether or not I can, I put myself in the list because always bet on yourself. Right. We, we always say that, but yeah. Um, I mean, after this weekend, it's, it's literally like, it's just, can anyone beat the Washington boys? Yeah. Like, because it's literally like, I mean, Elliot Kip saying still, He's only run once this year. You're at an 800 and 151. So he's not looking quite he, like himself yet. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he'll turn it around, but I didn't but even know that. Ran a pretty bad 800 this last weekend. Thomas Vanipin ran 748 in the 3K, which is a solid time. But I mean, compared to what the Washington boys are doing, it means absolutely nothing. It might not qualify either. I mean, it, yeah. 748 should, but it, it wouldn't have done last year. So yeah. Yeah. And you got, I mean, I mean, th- those were huge favorites going into the year. You got um, Adam Spencer from Wisconsin, who rumor has it's injured, not uh, running. I mean, uh, he, I know he pulled out of a race he was supposed to race because he's injured, I guess. So I, I don't know if he's healthy now, but I mean, that's just another big name that's not racing right now. And like, yeah, yeah. so now it's looking like, oh, so the Washington guys are all going to qualify, obviously. Question is how many of them do it. Yeah. And then you get... You get um, Fouad Mesaoudi from Oklahoma State. Sorry yeah. if I'm pronouncing that wrong, but he's he's great to run 353, I think. 354. 354. He ran 354. at the weekend. Yeah, sorry. I, everyone's running so fast. 354, um, which is great. But 
And he's a guy that will probably have a chance, I guess. And then now I'm thinking in my head, I really got to get time so that I'm just like, so that I'm relevant yeah. because yeah. it's, it's a matter of like, if Washington has an off day, there goes the top six guys, literally. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, get yourself in there. And then you think of other factors like, Hey, nationals is running at altitude. How's that going to impact things? And you think, Oh, like does running a three fifty one high is, is that relevant when you're going and racing in a tactical final? And to be honest, it probably is because Joe Oscom can race tactical finals. He proved that last year when he won. Yeah. So it's like, man, like how do we beat this guy? How do we beat all these guys? And who's good enough to do it? Because yeah. in the back of my mind, I believe I am. I hope I am. But, yeah. and there are probably a lot of other guys that are saying the same thing as I am right now, but it's like, when we get there, can we actually do it? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's, um, it's wild. It would be pretty funny if like, I know that the final Washington sub four, they had eight guys break four. If that was good enough to qualify for nationals, if all eight of them, qualified somehow i know 359 won't make it this year but um that would be quite funny if half the field was washington like if eight of the 16 guys at nationals were wearing wearing the purple of washington that that would just be so ridiculous um but yeah i mean everyone is running pretty fast it's going to be a fast year honestly like a couple of months ago before indoor started, like cross country is always a little bit hard to judge what people are going to do on the track, I think, um, obviously, because it's nothing like running on an indoor track. But um, yeah. I didn't think it would be as quick as last year. And maybe the depth won't be quite the same. But um, in terms of like the top end, it is as strong as it's ever been. Um, and yeah, it could end up... Better. It could end up being 355 for the 3K. It could end up being 7, 746, 747, um, which is just mad. We should also mention uh, on the topic of everyone running fast, we kind of blew past it just because so much has happened. But also the American 5K record um, went down at Boston. Woody Kincaid, um, 1251. Joe Klecker in second, 1254. It was quite funny being there in person and watching it because, like, I feel like pretty much everyone there was, like, getting around Joe Plecker, like, wanting him to break 13, you know, maybe break the American record. Um, And he was having a great run. He was doing a lot of the work. He had Ollie Hall pacing him until um, two miles. I think he went 3.2K. Then he kind of was on his own. He was really pushing the pace along. And it was funny, in the last lap, that it was clear they were going to run something fast. Woody was like dropped. Joe was on his own. Um, everyone's cheering for Joe, cheering for Joe. All of a sudden, Woody comes through, and it's like everyone just jumps shit. Like, go Joe, go Joe. They see they see Woody come past him, and everyone's suddenly a big Woody fan. So, um, but no, it was it was incredible to watch. That was pretty cool. Um, I was in the home straight when when they came through, and. Uh, yeah, it was just pretty wild. 12.51 is pretty mad. Um, 2.34 per K, probably 4.06, 4.07 miling. Wild. Um, but yeah, it was good. What's, 
what is better? What's what's considered better? Like I I mean, who cares anyway? But what would be considered better IWF wise, the twelve fifty one or the seven twenty eight? Um, I have no idea. But if I had to guess, I would probably say Yard seven twenty eight. Yeah. I'm basing that on. I know indoor and outdoor aren't the same thing, but the outdoor 3K record is 720. Mm-hmm. Around 728, eight seconds. If you like do the maths and get the equivalent percentage, yeah. maybe that's worth 13 seconds over 5K. Um, the outdoor 5K record is 1235. Would he around 1251? So he's like 16 seconds outside it. That... I don't know. I don't know if that's the right way of going about it, being like, how far are they off the world records? Because um, I don't actually know what the indoor world records are for 3K or 5K. Um, yeah. But I'd probably... I mean, they're both so fast. Yeah, they're both insane. I don't know. i just just curious, honestly, because everyone's talking about this yard race. I feel like people are sleeping on Woody's race, which is crazy because 1251 yeah. is i mean I, we didn't, I didn't even think of it like when we were talking about the boston races and then you mentioned it and i was like oh crap yeah, yeah. 1251 was just running i didn't even unbelievable it just a crazy. weekend with unbelievable times yeah yep mad um but yeah that that kind of covers i think what happened over the weekend um maybe maybe there was some other wild stuff i, I don't think there was too much going on uh you know there were probably plenty of meets but that's kind of the top end the stuff that really stood out um what's next for you so this weekend i'm racing at iowa state and i'm finally dropping the 800 from from my radar and focusing on the mile and i don't know so i'm going to i'm going to boston not this weekend but the weekend afterwards to really like give my one true shot at like a solid, solid fast time and a qualifier. But, um, I mean, it's, it's nice to get one mile in before you attempt your big one, you know? So Mm -hmm. this weekend we're going to run a mile, see if a, we can just get a qualifier out of the way so that Boston is stress-free and then just like hopefully a confidence builder, right? Like I I don't want to be going to Iowa state running four Oh two, like, you know, it's like, Hopefully I've developed enough strength and enough consistency over the last what year and a half now that I can go in. And even if I'm not feeling great, go run like 356, right? Like it's just, yeah, ho- hopefully I'm at the point now where I'm I'm good enough to run a qualifier in a non-perfect field, right? Because obviously like I know, hey, like running a 351, like Joe Oskin did is pretty much out of the question this weekend when it's not a perfect field. There aren't other guys that can do that in the field. Yeah. But it's like, hey, no matter what field I'm in, as long as I'm paced for 1258 or not 12, 258 through 1200, like in what world can I not close in 58 and run 356? Yeah. So it's like, hey, like, let's let's get this done and let's prove that in non-perfect in non-perfect situations, I can still just get my qualifier out of the way. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it'll be good. And it's, it's nice being at Iowa State because, I mean, even if the field isn't great, it's nice that, you know, you just 
wake up, you're in your own bed the night before, you travel half an hour, 40 minutes up the road. Um, so there's a lot lot of good things about racing at Iowa State. You know the track well. Um, and I guess as well, when I was like trying to run a mile qualifier last year, obviously you were witnessing it firsthand, the, the nightmare it ended up being. But what you might find this weekend and what I found quite a lot last year is like, if if there's a pacemaker and not loads of other guys who are going to be really having a crack, you can find yourself comfy. You get in a good spot. You aren't going to have people kind of jostling. You're not going to have people trying to, you know, get in front of you, hopefully. Um, you should have a nice, you know, few laps behind a pacemaker. You can just watch them, not worry about time, just focus on them. And then when it comes to it, they pull out and all you have to do is run, you know, hopefully a 58, 57, which will be hard. Obviously it's not going to be easy. I'm not trying to, trying to downplay it, but, um, you know, it, it can work quite nicely just knowing that you are going to be the one putting, putting that work in and being at the front, probably behind the pacemaker. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, the goal is to run a qualifier, obviously, it's not the end of the world if I don't get one because going to Boston the next weekend, but it'd be nice to get it out of the way and to restore complete faith in myself that I can do this. And to anyone that's uh team Isaacer, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's go get it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So when it, when it comes to you, I think, I think we covered me pretty well. Iowa state this weekend, when it comes to you, you're taking this weekend off, correct? And then, yeah, and then we're re- reuniting in Boston. Yep, yep. Next weekend for your race in the three k, yep. going for that European qualifier. I'll be in the mile. We're gonna have to do something, right? Like, yeah. Well, I was gonna say we should film an in person pod, but uh, easier said than done. Like, we're just recording on Zoom these days. Like, dude, the microphones that we used to use are still at Drake. They're in Chris's apartment because I have a load of really. Yeah, yeah, because I still I still have like three, four big bags of old rubbish. Well, most of it isn't rubbish, but a load of my old stuff. Um, I think including like I don't know, all American like trophies, like whatever. What? Uh, I don't have but like all of that stuff is at Chris's apartment. So, um. Jeez. Yeah, I don't know. Oh well, at least we'll we'll be able to catch up. It will be good to, um, you yeah. know, we'll have to do something. But that's the plan. I'll, I'll do the intro with you for the Fog Dog exclusive. Yes, brilliant. Oh, the people. Love it. It's been too long. Um, but yeah. So I was point one four outside the Euro indoor qualifier um, last weekend. Um, and the plan is to go to Boston and run 0.14 of a second quicker, but not not only do that, but you know, get comfortably under it. I I'm not going to go there and try and run 7:44 flat, um, because maybe mentally that's what I was trying to do in Boston this time. Um, I think I should go in with, you know, I've now opened my season. The first one I feel like, you know, I don't want to say it's a rust buster going and running like 7:44, but it it kind of is within reason. Like it's the first time feeling that, that track burn in such a long time. 
Um, yep. So hopefully I can go and run a little bit quicker. Um, you know, who knows what will happen on the day. I could feel rubbish. I could feel incredible. Um, but yeah, all I want to do is get under that European indoor qualifier. Um, and then straight after Boston, I'm going to go back home to England. Um, the British indoor champs are the week after that. So um, I think the Boston race is Feb 11 uh, and then British 3K champs um, the 19th. So I'll probably fly oh, wow. back. Yeah, I'll probably fly back the next day. Um, it's not too bad of a travel. Um, yeah, seven, eight hour fly or something. So um, could be a lot worse. Uh, and then <clears throat> running under the qualifier doesn't guarantee selection. Obviously, you kind of have to, you then have to race well at trials. Um, it doesn't look like at this stage too many people have the qualifier, as in literally only Sam Atkin has got it this year. Um, so I'm I'm currently ranked second for the UK for Great Britain. Um, but, you know, a lot can change. There's still going to be people racing over the next few weeks and stuff. So, um, yeah, the, the goal in an ideal world, I'll run the qualifier next week and then race well at British Champs and secure a spot on the team for European indoors. That would be you know, a really big step for me. I haven't really run internationally before, haven't really made um, international teams. I mean, I kind of made one for Australia when I was 18, but that doesn't really count. It was a bit of a silly kind of Oceania competition that didn't particularly mean a lot. So um, this would be a big one to make. Um, so we'll see. Um, do you have to have the standard to run at Europe, Euros? So, like, can you – if you get second at British Trials and let's say you don't run the standard, do they just not take you? They still can. So, if you've run under 750 point something, you can be considered – you have to have run under 750 point whatever um, to at least be considered. But if you don't have the qualifier, if you're in the top two, you put yourself in a pretty good spot um, – it's kind of like up to the selectors. If two guys have the qualifier and they go one, two at champs, they're, they're both going guaranteed. Um, if, you know, one guy has a qualifier and is in the top two, he's going for sure. And then I think the other spot is kind of up to the selectors depending on form and head to heads and, you know, PVs and all that sort of stuff. So Technically, yeah, you you can go without the qualifier, but um, yeah, I I want to get the qualifier to make it a little yeah. bit more secure. But even even having the qualifier, running at British Champs, like racing at British Champs, is going to be tough. It's going to be a strong field. I know that for sure. Um, British middle distance and distance running is pretty strong right now. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's not going to be. A walk in the park that's for sure even with the qualifier so we'll see yeah yeah i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> so should be good fun but um yeah it'd be nice to be back in boston again back on that track um yeah tell me about that track is there a, is there a secret to it why does everyone run so fast on it is it is the bank genuinely different than other tracks do you notice anything oh um, I mean, everyone runs fast there. I honestly, I think the bank 
isn't much steeper than most indoor tracks that I've run on, to be honest. I guess I've only run on probably three or four banked 200 tracks, um, being Arkansas, Chicago, Boston, and maybe one other. I feel like there's the one we ran out of indoor nationals. Oh, and and Alabama. I I can't count that for myself. I kind of I walked there. Um, I don't know if that you was... ran like four hundred one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely steeper than Alabama for sure. That that was like that felt flat to be honest. There was no bank on that. Yeah, that yeah. was a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but probably similar to Arkansas, similar to Nebraska, similar to Chicago, where we had indoor conference. Um, but there is something about it, like when we were jogging around, you know how a lot of indoor tracks like like Arkansas have like a track around the indoor track? Yeah. Like it's like flat for warming up or doing strides or just for walking around on. Um, that, we did our pre-meet for a little bit on there um, the day before. And when you're jogging on that, you kind of, it feels like concrete, even though it is covered in track surface. Um, and Willie, my teammate, he was like, just have a few, like take a few steps on the track, like just jogging, um, not even on the bank. And I went onto the straight, just jogged a little bit and you feel it. Like it's, there's something underneath it that does something for sure. But huh. I don't want to, I don't want to like overstate how good it is. It is really nice, but like, I don't want to say my 744 is worth like 844 you know it's like i i still think if you run a fast time there you can claim that time it's not like an altitude conversion where if you run five minutes in the mile you're suddenly a sub four miler um those altitude conversions man oh (laughs) but um it it's good it's it's quick um yeah but again don't turn up thinking like the track's gonna do everything for you you still have to run fast but it it's nice it is nice in saying that though people do still have bad days there like people can blow up and you know absolutely bad days can happen not everyone leaves boston feeling happy um but i would say a good majority leave boston yeah. feeling happy i was gonna say i, I was kind of just hoping the track would do everything for me and just show up for like an easy jog from yeah. like a 340 mile yeah and then Go out, get out of there you know the yeah, feel like you're running seven minute pace and you end up breaking four. That's that's when you know there's something seriously wrong with the track. But nah, like, but it's weird because these tracks are like like 200 bank tracks, right? Like, and Nebraska's bank feels similar to Arkansas's bank. Granted, I can't compare it to Boston's banks. I haven't been there yet. But like, why is Nebraska so much slower than Arkansas? Because it is like, yeah, like when I'm running on Arkansas, my legs feel so much better than when I'm running at Nebraska. Yeah, I do agree. I mean, my only experience running the mile in Nebraska was not enjoyable. With 100 to go, I got tripped, fell so hard, kissed the track. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think, like, the actual steepness of the Boston track, maybe it is steeper, but it's not like like you walk in and it's like a velodrome, you know, indoor cycling tracks like they are they're like walls um but i don't know i think it's it's something to do with what's underneath i think it's a nice track but um 
maybe Arkansas has something similar. Um, because I know Arkansas is well, they they call it the fastest track in the world. Um, I I mean, it's it's not. Now that I've been to Boston, I'm not sure if Arkansas is quicker. Um, I mean, you literally just look at the times people run on. Yeah. Boston and you can't even debate it. Like yeah. Boston's faster than every outdoor track in the world. Uh yeah, I agree. The, the funny thing is like indoor tracks are worth so much more in terms of like RAAF points, like points that come purely from the times you run. Um not points from like ranking or whatever, but points that yeah. come from come from time. If you run like a 4 minute mile indoor, it's worth so much more than a 4 minute mile outdoor. But if you run it at yeah. Boston like I think that's like, yeah, it's it's nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Or if you I run it on a, or if you run it on a three hundred flat track with no with no rail. Yeah. <laughs> Is there no rail at Iowa State these days? Uh, no, I was talking about a different track, but but yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, just all, all jokes, but yeah. I mean, you'll find out for yourself. You'll get a, you'll get a taste of Boston in a week and a half. Um, exactly. To seeing that race, I guess. I think the mile is before the three k, so I'll be, I'll be watching, but I'll be, well, you know, a little bit nervous. I'll be getting ready to, ready to race myself. But um, hopefully, if I'm if I'm done with my outside throwing up after every race that I do, yeah, I'll I'll be able to catch yours. Yeah, should be good. I should be able to. They have like. 75 heats of every event in boston it's ridiculous it's mad it is very busy like warming up and warming down and doing your strides and just everything is it's pretty hectic but um yeah dude last weekend they had like 22 heats of the month yeah it's it's pretty wild the good thing is though being like in the quicker heats it um you you're they do fast first so the quickest heat goes first, which means they can go off schedule. They definitely can go behind, um, but they won't go more than like 10 minutes ahead. So as long as you're like ready to go, um, if you're in one of the, you know, kind of faster heats, um, mm-hmm. you should be all right with your scheduling and stuff. If you're in the 20th heat, I, I wouldn't have a clue when to warm up because who knows what's going to happen. What if every heat someone breaks their leg? Yeah, literally. Like, you you're gonna be there till the next morning. So yeah, they're yeah they're like the mile starts at six thirty, and then the next event starts at nine. You're like, yeah. all right, well I'm heat thirteen. Like when the <laughs> when <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, it definitely can be a little bit confusing, but um, well, yeah, should be all good. Hopefully, hopefully I'm in one of the top three heats. Just fingers crossed. We'll yeah, who knows? Yeah. If you run a 5-minute mile this weekend at Iowa State, they might they might bump you down a little bit. But um yeah, hopefully I'll break 7. I'd say there's a reasonable chance that you'll be in the top one. Um yeah. I'd be surprised. For sure for sure top 2, for sure top 2. Yeah. You should yeah. be in the top one. Um the only way I wouldn't be is if like literally it's like your 3k heat and it's just like all pros that are insane, but yeah. But hopefully even so they they let a guy like me in there but you just never know actually a couple of our guys are racing the mile casey coma 354 mile and john renewicki um i don't know if he's broken. has he broke four i don't think on the track but he has on the road so 
so yeah, he'll probably break four. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would say there's a pretty good chance that they'll both break four. Um, I mean, they, they should be capable, but you just never know. Um, we we got to get those boys on someday. We got to do a pod with the entire UA team. Yes. Yeah. Get them all on here. Just a massive Zoom group call. It's a massive call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good start. Well, I think that I think that pretty much wraps up everything we had to talk about. But we'll probably be, probably be, we'll probably not going to do a live one in Boston. It'll probably be pretty hectic. But yeah, we'll we'll for sure catch up and do another episode after we both race this next weekend. Hopefully, we come on here next time. You have a British. You have a. Euro, Euros qualifier and yeah. I have a national qualifier, but yep. you never know. So I guess you'll have to stay tuned to find out. Yep. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, all goes well the next the next couple of weeks. You'll have two races to talk about, I guess, because you'll race yeah, well. this weekend and next weekend. So yep, it'll be good. Looking forward to it. It'll be good to catch up. Um oh as always, if you got comments and questions that you want us to talk about actually that's one thing we didn't cover but now at this stage we probably won't but for the next episode let's plan on covering any questions that we get so if you have questions i know that there were a few left on the last podcast on youtube comment them on the youtube video um we'll go through the last couple of videos and see any questions and that will be a priority for the next video um honestly it just completely slipped my mind for this one but um i feel like we've had quite a bit to talk about we will get to those in the next one so if you have any drop them on the youtube video perfect peace out sounds good sweet thank you everyone see you next time